0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Radio Free Acton. My name is Mark Vandermoss, and it's my pleasure to be here with you today to bring you another edition of the podcast of the Acton Institute for the Study of Religion and Liberty. I want to remind you as well that you can find all of our podcast archives online at radio.acton.org. All of our prior editions of Radio Free Acton are uh, there for your listening enjoyment at your convenience. So bookmark that link, radio.acton.org. We have a really important topic to talk about today on Radio Free Acton, and I want to begin by asking you to bring to mind a, a single word. The word is slavery. What do you think of when you hear the word slavery? Well, I, I think for a, a lot of American citizens, as as I am, I was born and raised in the U.S., and uh, the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word Slavery, at least when I hear it, is images uh, from U.S. history class of the antebellum south, cotton plantations and the like, and and slaves working in the fields, harvesting that crop. And, of course, the the, the next thing that comes to mind, naturally, is the Civil War. Uh, Abraham Lincoln comes to mind, the Emancipation Proclamation, and eventually, uh, following the war, the passage of the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution that outlawed slavery within the U.S. And I think there's a natural inclination on the part of folks, at least in the United States, to think of slavery as something that happened in the past, a shameful episode to be sure, but something that, thank God, is now no longer here with us and that has been settled more or less uh, by the constitutional amendment that outlawed it. Now that may be a comforting thought, that slavery is an issue that is in the past and it's not something that we have to worry about anymore. Unfortunately, it's mistaken. The issue of human trafficking is very real and it's present here in the United States. One other misconception I think people from the U.S. have is that if, in fact, slavery exists in the world today, it it occurs in far-off corners of the world where perhaps, uh, you know quote-unquote, American values haven't penetrated or or civil society hasn't taken root, and, and so there are these these places where this sort of thing still happens. No, the reality is that it's happening here and it's happening now, and it's something that we all need to open our eyes to. Well, if you're a supporter of Acton or if, you, if you've known about Acton for a while, there's a good chance that you know that at Acton our core principles revolve around the idea that human beings are created in the image of God, and as such, human beings have an intrinsic dignity that must not be violated. Sort of parallel to that is the idea that human beings need to be as free as possible. Uh, they need to be at liberty to use the gifts, the talents, the uh, the potential that God has given them to go out and to be productive and to flourish, to build their their own life, to build the life of their family, to build the life of their community, and to, to add to the life of the world. Human trafficking prevents all those things from happening. Human trafficking is a direct violation of the dignity of every individual human being. And so at Acton, we want to be out front and bring attention to this issue and do what we can to expose it, to bring it to light, and to contribute to finding solutions to this very real problem of human trafficking. On March 28th, a little bit later this month, we're going to be having an event hosting right here at the Acton Institute at our Mark Murray Auditorium in Grand Rapids, Michigan, the event is called Hidden No More, Exposing Human Trafficking in West Michigan. It'll run from 8.30 in the morning until about 10. We have a fantastic panel that's been arranged uh, to discuss the issue, to talk about the problem, to bring it to light, and then to identify potential solutions, to find ways that individuals can go out and identify the problem, see where it may be happening, and help. The person who has been doing more groundwork here at Acton than anyone else to pull this event together is Elise Hilton. She's a communications specialist here at Acton. She's done some fantastic work pulling together a stellar panel for this event. And right now she's with John Caritas, our director of communications. And they're talking about how to identify human trafficking. What exactly is it? And uh, how do we go about addressing it in a real and a tangible way?
1: Thanks a lot, Mark. Elise, uh, can we start with a definition of human trafficking? Exactly what are we talking about?
2: Well, human trafficking is, by definition, trading in human beings. It's most commonly referred to uh, the purposes of sexual slavery, prostitution, but it also includes forced labor. Um, That might include factory workers, farm workers, uh, that type of thing. Uh, It also includes the extraction of organs, for example, selling a kidney. Um, or any type of bodily tissues. And uh, some also believe that surrogacy and egg removal in women should be included in the human trafficking definition.
1: So we're talking about what amounts to the commercialization of the human person.
2: Absolutely. In a
1: very real sense.
2: Absolutely. It means the, the buying and selling of human beings and or reducing them to parts and selling them.
1: Now, Acton is known for its work in the economic sphere. How does this issue dovetail with our core principles and our main work?
2: You know, it's funny. Uh, it dovetails really well, even though on the face of it, it might not seem to. Uh, at the end of 2013, the state of Michigan uh, published a human trafficking report That they had put a lot of time and effort into came out of the state attorney general's office. And in that report, they note a lot of things that Acton works on vigorously, um, highlighting human dignity, for example, um, the importance of human liberty. Um, clearly this is an economic issue. Uh, Human trafficking is the second largest illegal uh, operation in the world, second only to the drug trade. So there's a lot of money involved here. Um, But it also includes the economics of the small businessman who may be uh, getting undercut by a human trafficker. Um, This involves the rule of law. Human traffickers flaunt the law. This is something that um, wreaks havoc not only inside of nations, but across international boundaries. Um, This is also a nonpartisan issue. We here at Acton are nonpartisan, and it's an educational issue. We're all about helping people understand how to live a better life in a free and virtuous society. So human trafficking really does speak to everything that Acton is about.
1: Now, uh, you've told me in the past when we've discussed this here at Acton that there are a number of myths that surround the human trafficking issue, some popular misconceptions, if you will. Could you tick off a couple of those to give us an example
2: Sure. I think most people are familiar with the term human trafficking in terms of uh, sexual uh, exploits, prostitution. They've seen the movie Taken, for example, with Liam Neeson, Um, or uh, there's, um, you know, the – massage parlors or those sorts of things. But it's really not just about sex. It is about money. Uh, Human trafficking wouldn't exist if there wasn't a market for it. Um, People are making money off of other human beings. So it's not primarily about sex. It's about money. It also, uh, most people have this idea that Human trafficking exists, but it happens someplace else. That's something that happens overseas. It happens in Thailand. It happens in the developing world. That's not true. It happens right here in our own backyard. Um, And one of the things that we're really hoping to do with our human trafficking panel is help people understand that it happens here in West Michigan. It happens in our own city. It happens in our own towns. Um, and those are two really big myths that I think that we need to address.
1: I guess it surprises me a little bit. Is this a serious problem here in Grand Rapids in West Michigan? And is there much public awareness of just how big of a problem it is in this city, in this metro region?
2: It is a serious problem, but I think it's a hidden problem. And in fact, that's one of the reasons that we named our panel what we did, that we're uh, hidden no more, exposing uh human trafficking in West Michigan. Um, The report that I mentioned earlier from the state attorney general's office, one of the issues that they've brought up is that uh, people that should be in the know, for example, law enforcement, uh, medical personnel, educators, are unaware of this problem. Um, Again, they think it happens someplace else. Or they believe that people that are picked up for prostitution are criminals rather than victims. And that's one of the things that we need to turn around. Um, You know, little girls don't grow up thinking, boy, when I grow up, I hope that I'm a prostitute. Uh, someone forces them into that lifestyle. Now, there may be a lot of other issues, drugs, alcohol abuse, whatever, that keep them in that lifestyle, but somebody forced them into that to begin with, uh, and that's that person is a human trafficker. Uh, we, we may call him a pimp. We may call it a prostitute, but this is about human trafficking.
1: In the state attorney general's report that you cite, it says that there is, and I quote now, No comprehensive response that includes training of detection, environmental factors, and working with potential victims of human trafficking. And we're talking now about professionals in this area. It goes on to say that, fortunately, most professionals are now expected to complete prescribed training requirements. So is that an indication that the light is going on in various agencies that they need to do more?
2: It is starting to go on, uh, but I've also found in talking to people in various uh, professions over the last couple of months preparing for this panel uh, that many people, for edu- for uh, example, educators and social workers, say that they haven't received adequate training in how to recognize human trafficking. So we're really just now starting to begin to coordinate between all of the law enforcement agencies in the state um, to help people that are first responders, medical personnel, social workers, educators, learn how to spot human trafficking. Um, And that's one of the things that we want to talk about at this event. Uh, And it's one of the things that the writers of the state attorney general's uh, report uh, were really, really focused on because it's so important.
1: Well, the report also mentions that uh, citizens, as our citizens begin to recognize the signs associated with human trafficking, they too will be able to identify its victims. Can you give us just a couple things that we might look for uh, when we come across people who might be suffering or in bondage to these human traffickers?
2: Sure. And again, um, I think The primary thing to keep in mind is that you may very well run across a victim of human trafficking. It is dangerous for any of us to think that we are not going to come in contact with a human trafficking victim. So it is really important for us to recognize the signs. Uh, One organization called the Polaris Project, um, and it's polarisproject.org, Um, has a terrific uh, page on their website about uh, checking the signs of human trafficking, being aware of them. Um, So somebody that's not free to come or go as he or she wishes, Um, especially if they're uh, over the age of 18. Somebody who's under the age of 18 and who is performing sex acts on a regular basis and getting paid for it. Anybody who's in the commercial sex industry uh, is a victim of human trafficking. Um, Somebody who gets paid little, very little, or doesn't get to keep their tips. Uh, For example, when I was preparing for this uh, event, um, someone mentioned to me uh, nail salons are a very common place for human traffickers um, to use people was not something that had occurred to me at all. But this person told me, indeed, that was a place where human traffickers often uh, place people. Anybody that works excessively long hours and doesn't have any money to show for it, isn't allowed to take breaks, um, is told that they have a large debt that they have to pay off before they can start making any money. Um, Poor mental health, poor physical health, um, It. They appear to be malnourished and they show signs of, um, post-traumatic stress. Um, anybody that shows signs of physical or sexual abuse, maybe being constrained or confined in some way. Um, they have very few possessions, um, very little control over their own lives. Those are all signs of human trafficking. And as you can see, uh, that might be something that a teacher would recognize. It might be something that a neighbor would recognize. It might be something that a medical professional or a social worker would recognize. So again, the idea is is that we all have to be aware of this issue because it, it very well could be taking place in our own backyard, both literally and figuratively.
1: So it could even be something that you hear from a friend about them Uh, not being able to quit their jobs because they're too far in debt and complaints about their employer in a situation which seems way out of line with any kind of employment situation uh, we may normally be um, familiar with.
2: Yes, absolutely. And then when you question them about that, uh, they seem very hesitant to talk about it uh, or afraid to discuss the situation. Those are signs of human trafficking.
1: Very good. Well, I'm looking forward to this excellent panel you've put together, and I want to thank you today for your
2: time. Thank you, John.
0: Thank you to John Caritas for that interview. Thank you as well to Elise Hilton for doing the hard work of pulling together this panel discussion. It's going to be a fantastic event, Uh, lots of great information for anyone concerned about human trafficking. The details, once again, it's called Hidden No More, Exposing Human Trafficking in West Michigan. Doors open at 830 right here at the Acton Institute. The Acton building is located at 98 East Fulton Street in downtown Grand Rapids, Michigan. Event will start at 9 a.m. It's a free event, no cost to attend, but we do have somewhat limited seating. So we'd encourage you to head to acton.org and register as soon as possible. Uh, there will be a link on our homepage for the event, uh, Hidden No More, exposing human trafficking in West Michigan. Some information about our panel that will be here to discuss human trafficking. Chief Deputy Carol Isaacs will be here as a representative from the Michigan State Attorney General's Office. State Senator Judy Emmons from Michigan's 33rd Senate District will be here to lend her expertise on the issue. Leslie King of Sacred Beginnings. Becky McDonald from Women at Risk International and Andy Soper from the Manassa Project at Wedgwood Christian Services will also be participating in this panel. They each bring uh, a wealth of experience and knowledge on the topic, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic event. Lots of information, lots of uh, hopefully helpful ways to identify and attack the problem of human trafficking in our local community here in West Michigan. But all this information, of course, is transferable Uh, to any other community in our country. Um, We want to encourage you to attend. Again, actin.org is the place to go to register. March 28th, 830 to 10 a.m., right here at the Mark Murray Auditorium. Once again, thank you to John Caritas uh, and Elise Hilton for joining us on the podcast today. And a big thank you as well to you for taking the time to listen. My name is Mark Vandermas, and once again, thanks for joining us today here on Radio Free Actin'.